Hello, welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> so today's mini episode, we have a special guest. We have Georgie, or as you would likely know her from our obsessive shout outs, Conceiving It All on Instagram. And she's also launching a podcast soon by the same name. Georgie believes in dismantling diet culture and fighting fat phobia so that people in all bodies can feel empowered. She works as a commercial lawyer and previously as a journalist. So yes, she has probably done some smart and great things in her life, but I would like to personally take the time now to recognize some of her best work, which is for me, all gluten-free bread should be fried. <laughs> the only bread that is worth eating that is gluten-free is the Strata gluten-free bread. And lastly, the soup that you make with the greens and the pork and fennel sausages changed my oh, life. It changed my very own life. <laughs> yeah. So I would like to wrap up my intro by asking, what are you eating for dinner tonight? So... Tonight, I'm obviously speaking to you girls, and then I have another call. So I'm having two curries. One is a curry. If you um, follow Conceiving at all, you'll know I love my freezer. (laughs) One is a curry that I made like two months ago. It's like a lamb, Rogan Josh hybrid sort of situation. Like it's a Rogan Josh, but it's got a bit of flair. Mm -hmm. And then my brother is making a fish curry and we were also going to have another curry with it but then we realized there were only three of us at home and we were like let's rein it in but that um that gives you a little taste of where the food passion comes from so that is dinner tonight yeah the things i would do to eat a week in the owen household honestly (laughs) we also know about you georgie because you and i went to school together not in the same year but uh we're both faithful companions of Jesus. And- we are. And we're Symbedians as well. Oh, my goodness. We went to primary school together too. Wow. And I also went to uni with your boyfriend. So Yes. I was telling Cece, I actually was saying, oh, I'm getting interviewed on a podcast. He was like, oh, what podcast? I was like, all bases covered. He was like, I know that podcast. I was like, how do you know that podcast? And then he um, made the connection. So there you go. There you go. So I'm like literally just part of your life without you even – knowing really like realizing or caring do you know alex i was actually thinking um of your dad the other day because i've started watching the f1 um drive to survive or drive to thrive whatever it's oh, so called good. how and is this related to to nigel how you'll you'll hear it in a second and eliza and i are in the same eliza is alex's sister we're in the same go-karting group in like grade three and your dad was one of the good dads who like came and made the go-karts with us so <laughs> It's all a full circle. I'm truly shocked by that because, to my knowledge, Nige goes to work at 6am and comes home at 11pm and does nothing else in his day. So how the hell was he at go-karting with Eliza? I'm Check that with Eliza. I would put money. I would put money on it. I will say it's because she was the loved and useless child yeah. that needed the support. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, let's start this actual episode. So in this mini interview series, we are interviewing people from all walks of life. So some people will be from the makeup scene and others, you know, might like beauty, um, but aren't makeup artists or specialists, maybe like yourself. To set the scene for our listeners, we were hoping that you could start by telling us on a scale of beauty novice to beauty expert where you feel that you sit. Mm. Like if novice is zero and expert is 10 I would probably be like a three like I makeup I'm not good makeup I'm a two okay is beauty like skincare and makeup would we say absolutely okay so I'm gonna separate them makeup I'm a two skincare I'm probably a five I actually Mm -hmm. like skincare okay and this is like a on a passion and a skill level you would say Yeah, passion and skill because I think makeup, I love, you know, if someone does my makeup for me, I am loving that. But I just don't get a lot of enjoyment out of it myself because I'm not good at it. Um, Mm. (laughs) External validation. Nah, I'm just not good at it and I don't like take the time to get good. Whereas skincare, I really enjoy putting on myself and buying and like finding the stuff that works for my skin. Can I I do your makeup one time, Georgie? Oh my God. Yes, you can. I think I'm a supermodel when I get my makeup done. (laughs) Like when I go and get, when I, which I obviously we haven't really got it done recently, but for my birthday this year, it was for the one weekend between two lockdowns (gasps) and I was doing it in a really shit way. And my sister who's four years younger than me was just like, no. 
And then she she rescued it towards the end and, like, there's a bit of contour happening. My friend's like, okay, this is not you because usually my makeup is not, um, it's not noteworthy. So, yes, I would love that. I think but, a really good way to describe the fact that, like, or, like, how into beauty you are is definitely to say that you, like, that idea of getting your makeup done because as someone who's very confident and comfortable doing my own makeup, I – I personally despise other people doing my makeup okay. other than Lisa. Lisa's probably the only person I'll trust. Um, but but everyone else I'm just like, please don't because you'll just you'll make me look awful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's like I don't know what I I don't know what I want. So what whatever they do as the expert, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I feel like you could map it on like a bell curve of like mm. people don't enjoy it at the the expert level because they're like I'm better than you I hate this and they don't enjoy it when they're like the zero level because they're like I hate makeup I don't want to be here but from like the three to six (laughs) they love it Lisa loves the bell bell curve curve. (laughs) I'm top of the bell curve yeah Yeah. amazing and that's always where you want to be straight in the middle of the bell curve not complaining at all So we've kind of already covered the second question, which was meant to be what category of beauty gets you most excited? And you've said skincare, but I'm interested to know when did that start? Like, how did that come about for you? Yeah, I actually probably in the part, like the last few years. Okay. Backstory. Mm -hmm. I was a bit like hippie for a few years, (laughs) starting from maybe year 10 or 11. So Mm -hmm. what would that be? Like 2011. Mm-hmm. And that also coincided with what I call my unhealthily healthy eating phase, which was toxic. But this wasn't toxic. This was just funny. So this it was, was like very quote non toxic. I imagine it, it was absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah like it, it, in the most literal sense of the term, it was not toxic. So I used a like it looked like a crystal, but it wasn't yeah. a crystal. It was actually something, and it had one flat side. And that was my deodorant and I would rub that on. I don't even know if it fucking worked and I'm a sweater. So there was the crystal deodorant. There was like I would not let a moisturizer touch my skin that wasn't supernatural. Like I went to a naturopath at the time and it would only use the body moisturizer she would recommend. I exclusively used Sukin. Mm-hmm. So that was like that phase, which lasted probably into my early 20s. And then at some point between like 22 and 24, I started to be like, oh, skincare. And it was predominantly because I thought it was like a grounding ritual to incorporate at the start or the end of my day because Mm. um, no shit, I've got turbo energy. So anything I can do to like ground that is really Mm. good. And so I thought skincare would be, you know, a way to do that. And I like buying stuff. Mm -hmm. So I got into that and then – yeah. And then some of my best friends are really good at skincare. I think also I kind of have had pretty good skin. So there wasn't mm. anything that like compelled me really to do it. Um, but yeah, it was just more like looking after my skin. And I think, you know, starting to wear sunscreen more, like I never believed that you needed to wear sunscreen every day. <laughs> okay, um, Gwyneth. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm on I'm on board with that now. Um, but yes, last few years, got into skincare and I also, I get really red cheeks and I just thought that was because I run hot, but I have chicken skin slash keratosis pilaris they're the mm-hmm. that's the fancy name mm-hmm. I've always had that on like my arms and my legs and my butt it's just like red dotty skin I call it dotty skin yeah, yeah. but that's actually on my cheeks as well so mm-hmm. um yeah I just kind of thought is there anything I can do to like fix or address that and the stuff that my best friend told me to put on my skin was exactly the stuff that the um dermatologist told me to use so yeah I was kind of already getting going there and I said use the AHA body wash from Mecca, but that's also really good for KP as well. Amazing. So I could put it like on my body. I haven't got it yet, but yeah, we'll I, buy it. I've screenshot it. I've screenshot <laughs> yeah. it. I have a Booktopia um, order to do and like an Adore Beauty order to do, and I'm just waiting until I feel really impulsive to Yes. Go. Yeah, when you need the rush. <laughs> yeah, I needed yeah. it today. That's why today I'm like, book recommendations hit me. I want to spend $400 at Booktopia. This is not sponsored. <laughs> That's just what happens in lockdown. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a good question for you because you strike me as someone that's very into like routine and rituals and like self-care. So run us through your perfect beauty routine. It doesn't have to be, you know, makeup if that's not included, hair, it makeup, will not be skin, makeup. <laughs> but just the full like start to finish feeling yeah. great in yourself 
and yes. like clean and shiny. Yes, I know the one. Okay. So it would be preferably post sweat because mm. I like getting clean and shiny when I've like <laughs> had a sweat. Like I'm a grot. I'm I'm all or nothing. I'm either like very glamorous or very grotty. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is good. Okay. I'm thinking like if I'm going out on the weekend, but I'm not going to give you the makeup bit because we know that shit. I'm just going to give you up to then. Mm-hmm. If I'm going out on the weekend, I like to have like the big shower. So my hair would look how it looks now, which is like very messy, very dirty top bun. Yeah. And I just would have had a big run or something because I'd probably know I'd be hungover the next day. I'd be like, well, I'm going to take the next day easy. So it would be, I would start with a magnesium bath. So this is my hair still dirty here. Oh, wow. Okay. We're really getting into it. Yeah. So magnesium salts, amazing. I'll have a water bottle in the bath. That's just for me to chill out because I'm actually not a good ritual person or a routine person, but I try and do that stuff for Mm -hmm. my energy. So bath, lots of water, magnesium salts, amazing. Soak. Then my skin would be like ready to get scrubbed because it's just been laying in the bath. Frank bod, coffee, scrub, 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 scrub everywhere. And then while the um, scrub is on my body, I would brush out my knots, which takes a while in my hair. Then I would wash my hair, shave my legs. I don't use any fancy um, shampoo and conditioner. Wash my hair, shave my legs, do, I don't know what I would do on my face. Oh, yeah, I would do, this was one of my products, Sadashi Brightening Mm -hmm. Marine Mineral Mask. Mm -hmm. I would put that on my face, maybe (laughs) while the conditioner's in or something. And so that would all be happening. And then before the makeup, because as I said, that is boring, full body moisturize. Now, this is a funny thing. So I do, I use um, CeraVe, like non-scented body moisturizer, which I really love. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that. (laughs) But then before I go out, I would put on Brazilian Bum Bum Cream moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Because I like the smell of that. I am like the the thought of someone moisturizing themselves top to toe before going out. Like, Wait, would you not foreign. do that? It's so foreign to me. <laughs> I'm sweating thinking about it. Wait, are you serious? I mean, I I'm, I moisturize my body approximately once a year, so I'm probably the oh. freak here. But I'm just like clamming up just thinking about it because then I'm going to have some sort of robe situation. I'm going to be doing my makeup and I'm going to be like oh sweating. My God. No. <laughs> Okay, I like being dewy, but yeah. the the mo- I'm I come from a very dry skin family. Like we, I would moisturize mm. twice a day, probably my body. Mm. Oh, we well, should. Your, your commitment to self care is far greater than ours because I would be I would spend three hours doing my hair and makeup and like making sure my fake tan was on mm. point, and I would get in the car and be like, "Awesome, I look like a snake." Has anyone got moisturizer? <laughs> no, sick. Love this for me. See, and then what you have to do is lick. You have to lick yeah. the dry. Skin. <laughs> I remember doing that at primary school, like putting water on my scaly legs after summer because I was like, fuck. Um, Anyway, so, yes, full body moisturize and then spritz of whatever spritz I have over there. Like it's not not to be fancy. It just helps my oil rub in. Then whatever oil I have, usually jojoba, and then a face moisturizer. Mm-hmm. And then I would like finish work or like choose what I'm going to wear or whatever. And then I'll just throw some makeup on at the end and hopefully get saved by my sister. But it's yeah. the like, it's the self care grounding bit that is the bit I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So that's me, shiny and squeaky. What's mm. your hair texture like? like My how, hair texture. How would you do your hair? Are you have you got curly hair? No, I have dead straight hair. It's just really oh, dirty. Same. So like, Look. my hair texture is. This is it, curly. Is that your is that your natural hair? I wash my hair like ten minutes ago. Yeah, that is how my yeah. hair dries. So it's like no frizz. Pretty straight, a tiny yeah. little wave, depending on if it was behind my ear or in a bun when it was dry. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you find so that I, I hot roll up? <gasps> no. No, I don't Ooh. find it comes in. I say so I hate my straight hair. You hot roller. See, that's fancy. That's beauty expert. Yeah. So mm. I, but it's also efficiency. I'm addicted to productivity. Currently working <laughs> through it with my coach. But like, you just turn the hot rollers on. So your hair's already clean. So really the squeaky shower I was just talking about, you kind of have to do that the day before if you're going yeah. to roll your hair. Yeah. I always used to, when I was driving from A to B, like prime uni days, part-time jobs, I would do my hot rollers, get in the car with the hot rollers in, do my makeup in the car while I was driving, pull the hot rollers out and go, shh, when I like got to the venue. <gasps> You're incredible. I will never forget that I tried to hot roll in my hair for my year 12 formal, I want to say. Or no, it must have been year 11. 
Anyway, it was a fucking disaster. I didn't know how to use them. I just thought that I would like hard. give it a mm. shot on the day. And obviously I rolled my hair like I think I even slept in it from the night before. Like oh. I slept in rollers. Disaster. You wouldn't have slept a wink. I didn't. And then was like oh. prepared to have the most luscious waves of my life. Took them out and my hair fell flat. And I was like, right. oh, fuck, what do? Yeah. yeah, these yeah. are just little like, I don't know, they just work. And I'm good at putting them in. And they only take like 20 minutes, so I don't know why you were sleeping in them, but maybe they're a different type of roller. <laughs> because I was a beauty novice and I was like literally 18 years old and didn't know what I was doing and thought that it would be a good idea. I probably saw it on a movie and was like, I'll Correct. do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the little like rolly rollers, not yeah. the actual, like mine's like a hot one that you twist, yeah. whereas the little rolly ones are the little ones had in the movies. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. Thank you. <laughs> But this is the T section and this is the bit that I'm a little bit worried about because you're probably going to go like a little bit conceiving it all on us and I'm probably going to start to say something that's going to embarrass me to your audience. Um, Don't be silly. So I'm just a human and I have ingrained really bad societal like (laughs) learned. Conditioning. Yes, conditioning. Uh, And so please correct me if ever I embarrass myself in front of you. So um, fine. I am still learning. We are all still learning. I feel like I look holier than now on conceiving, but like you're seeing what I'm learning as I'm learning it. Yeah. And it's good. It's refreshing. And it is good as well, like that not everyone is perfect. So like let's continue to call each other out because that's how you learn. Anyway, totally. I digress. The first question during this portion of the podcast is what do you think is an overhyped beauty product or a product that you will never purchase again and why? So Overhyped beauty product, don't know how to answer that because I don't even know what's hyped to know what's overhyped. Sick. <laughs> product, yeah, product that I'll never purchase again is fake tan or a spray tan. Um, oh. So I never used to, like this is the, I'll give you the selfish version and then I'll give you the altruistic version because both reasons are like valid. Fake tan always used to annoy me. I did it because I was like, oh, everyone else is looking more tan than me Mm -hmm. and therefore hotter and thinner because, and I use those words in the context of what is conventionally attractive in society, which is, you know, look at your news readers, your models, your Instagram Pilates instructors. That is like what society tells us is conventionally attractive. So I always used to do fake tan for that reason. Naturally, I also acknowledge I have pretty olive skin, so it's not like it's this beauty standard that's so unattainable for me. Mm-hmm. So fake tan used to annoy me, but I used to do it because I used to fucking love how I felt when I had it. And really problematically, um, I used to always be like, oh, you lose three kilos instantly when you have a tan, <laughs> like just by the way it makes you look. My headspace now is so far removed from that, but that's like the background. Then over the last few years, as I would like have begun to examine what actually does and doesn't serve me in terms of how I want to invest my time and money in relation to how I look and beauty generally, I also started learning about why fake tan is really problematic from like a cultural appropriation level. I'm not going to sleep tonight. No, Alex, this is not an attack, right? This is like... I feel attacked. No, this is like, this is, you know, even... Like people messaging me the other day on conceiving just about whatever they messaged me about. And this one girl was talking about how, you know, the one thing that she's going to try and work on, but she's not like promising it, is fake tan. She's like, I know it's problematic, but it's just something that makes me feel good. Mm. Like we can't separate the society that we have grown up in and what Mm. we continue to see. Just because there's one little Instagram account over here who me in a very like white, thin, conventionally attractive body, very easy for me to just reject shit, I think. Mm. Whereas not everyone has that luxury. So I think like whatever I am saying now, I'm not saying you guys are all fucked if you use fake tan. This is just like my thought process, but everyone will come to it at their own time. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the aesthetic stuff. And then in terms of that cultural appropriation piece, it's like, you know, all of us, we're white women. Mm. So when we tan ourselves excessively, like, uh, you know, I used to love, getting really dark and I have Mm. to reject that because part of me actually does love laying in the sun but I'd be lying if I said that I don't love how I look when I have a really dark tan Mm. so if we yeah and like that's okay like we've been think of the images that were thrust in our faces in our formative years no shit we go oh really good like smoking hot tan equals really good smoking hot girl Mm. yeah but yeah I just basically learned that like as a white woman 
if I'm taking a trait or an identity marker of people of colour, but I'm not also then taking some of the challenges that come with being a person of colour as they move through the world, then that's cultural appropriation. And like there are, I can try and send you some accounts that like I've done the learning off because I feel like I'm not doing justice to the explanation, but that's kind of what it is at the crux of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fake tan is a product I'll never buy again. And I'll Please like with them. you, Lisa, I'll try and not tan so excessively again. Please yeah. send us the accounts or the, like, if you've got any specific posts and things, we can pop them in the show notes so that people yes. can reference them. I will try and do that. It's super interesting. And my brain's going like 10 layers <laughs> deep to a point <laughs> where I've like frozen myself from speaking. <laughs> but don't, I think don't feel guilty. I think in these contexts, guilt is really unhelpful because guilt mm. makes it about us. Mm. Whereas if we can just go, okay, I'm not going to waste my energy being guilty here because that's like, you know, Brene Brown 101, like guilt and shame <laughs> are very exhausting. So I think if we can put our energy into like reading about it, learning a bit more and letting mm. that learning form how we decide to proceed, like not just going, oh, shit, Georgie said fake tanning is really bad. Now I'm the worst person in the world, you know. I'm just like, going to have to like buy medium tan rather than buying dark tan moving forward. It's fine. <laughs> Baby steps, Alex. Baby steps. No, but like I don't want okay. people to think I'm preaching. Like two years ago, no. I remember I went to like get a fake tan and was like, "Do me as dark as you can," like of a yeah, spray yeah. tan. Like we're bodybuilder. <laughs> we're all coming. Yeah, we're all coming around in our own. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved. You've researched. And you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you time the next thing i'm interested to hear what you have to say about this one what is a beauty trend that you wish would die past or current and it can be something that you've participated in or not yes i was having to think about this one and you know i think all beauty trends should they (laughs) no absolutely not i think if it's an expression of self and it makes you feel good that's really great, right? That's like as a standalone statement, that's really great. That is so woke of you because I'm like kill skinny eyebrows, this, that, that. But I feel like I wasn't even across the, like, yes, when you say thin eyebrows, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to grow mine back right now. But um, but let's just like keep that as the standalone statement, right? Okay, and then yep. let's pop a caveat under there because I fucking love caveating things. <laughs> The, my issue with that, so for example, like Botox, right? When people are like, but it makes me feel good, or oh, whatever, no. whatever the whatever the beauty, no, whatever the beauty trend is, that I'd is look fine. stressed, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would frown and be worried, but it's not possible. Um, so let's take like any beauty trend, right? Could be Botox, could be whatever it is. I think we just need to have more transparency and mindfulness about what we're doing. So 100%. I think if you're doing something, do whatever the fuck you want, whatever beauty trend it is. But let's think about, like, I think so many of us do it because we're on like this wheel where we think we need to do it to look how society wants us to look and how we think we want to look because society wants us to look like that, right? Yeah. But it's like we spend a lot of time and money on beauty. That's fine. I fucking love doing a big expensive adore beauty order as well. Like I'm not saying I'm not like this, but it's like, 
thinking about what serves us. And I think, you know, a really good one for me, sorry, there's two points here. The one is what serves you. And that's, so that's a personal one. And then the other one is your responsibility to the collective. So I'm going to start with the what serves you. Mm-hmm. Me in lockdown have largely not worn makeup, have mostly had my hair in a bun, have still done all my skincare, still worn jewelry. Those kind of things make me go, right, I'm doing that for me. So like my squeaky clean routine I was saying before, I've still done that in lockdown. That's for me. Whereas my, what I used to do at work, like I would go for a run in the morning, then have a shower at work, blow wave my hair as I was blow wave my hair thinking, oh, the fucking boys don't have to do this. They're already upstairs working. And then I'll put makeup on and mascara and the mascara kind of when I'm looking at my screen all day with my glasses makes my eyes hurt, but I'd always just put it on. I'm not saying I'm not going to do those things. I actually quite like sometimes like feeling powerful and, you know, unfortunately where I'm at right now is that if I want to feel powerful, I will zhuzh my hair and put on Mm. a face of makeup. Mm -hmm. But it's like being really clear about how I want to spend my time, money and energy in relation to my appearance and being mindful about that. If we even think about that where we hadn't thought about it before, that's great. So that's like the self thing, what serves you. Like even today my friends are talking about um, getting their hair done or something, like someone was going to do their hair at home. Mm. And then the girl's like, oh, did you do it? And she was like, no, I'm not seeing anyone anyway. And it's Mm -hmm. like, isn't that interesting how much of what we do is like performative? Is it coming from ego? Is it coming from external validation? Where is it coming from? Who knows? But like either way, just having a think about that I think is Mm -hmm. important. And then, um, yes, okay, the account, the like responsibility thing, this is a challenging one. Yes, hate the system. Don't hate the individual, right? The system being patriarchal, capitalist society, that makes us want to buy shit because it tells us we're not good enough so that it keeps us like a little bit out of all of our full power and consumed with how we look so that we can't like take over the world. And when I say take over the world, I just mean equality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I remember I posted something about one of the Kardashians, can't remember which one. I think whichever one did the photo where she was like wanted the photo taken down. She yeah, uploaded Chloe. a photo. Okay. Yep. And I remember I posted being like, you know, kind of like this isn't good enough. And people were like, no, you're attacking her when you should be attacking the patriarchy. And I'm like, yes, agreed. However, she benefits financially and reputationally off the beauty and wellness industry and just like generally in that space. Mm. But even if you're not a Kardashian, like us three, I think everyone has a responsibility to the next person to be, I don't know if it's transparent because then some people will be like, well, no, fuck you, my body, my rules. I don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. But like something in me thinks that if we all keep upholding these really high beauty standards and not talking about it or unpacking it or being mindful, like what I was talking about before, then you just keep fucking it up for the next generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like Botox is a great example. I'm like, get Botox if you want to get Botox. I'm not anti-Botox. Like I saw this great post of this hottest girl ever I came across last night. She was getting interviewed by Frooms. I can't remember her name. She's like a bikini mm-hmm. model. And she had this post being like beauty day. And usually when people go for their beauty day, they just might say, oh, I had a facial. And in her beauty day, she had a facial, she had Botox, she had like this bum vibrating thing for fat <laughs> cells on your bum. I don't even know. Yes, I might not agree with all of that. Yeah. But God, I love the transparency because yeah. what transparency does is it says to 16-year-old girls, hey, if you want to look like this, that's fine, but it comes at a cost, a physical, financial time yeah. cost. Mm-hmm. It's in your hands as opposed to what I think the status quo is, which is, hey, we all look like this, so you should feel fucking shit about yourself that you don't. Yeah. You know yeah. who does that so badly and makes me angry almost on a daily basis? J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo saying she uses olive oil when she is frozen in time <laughs> and clearly has like a personal trainer, some kind of like skin tightening situation, a chef, a shit ton of Botox. Yeah. Or, like lasers and shit like please don't say you're using olive oil I find that literally offensive in the most basic way (laughs) no 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 I find that offensive in an actual way because I'm like acknowledge the fucking privilege like yeah Yeah. JLo's come from a different a different space but acknowledge what you have now Mm -hmm. and what it takes to create that because I think as like I remember being young and like looking up and being like you know even now I think I still would look at people and be like oh wow like is that 
natural. It's like mm. whether it's natural or not is really immaterial. It's more like I wouldn't want to invest that time and money to do X, Y, Z to look like that. That's a yeah. choice I make. I'm happy in that choice. Yeah. Whereas it's just like when you don't actually get the data to make the informed decision. that It, it is interesting though because we will all, this episode might end up being five hours long, <laughs> but it is interesting how like it's one thing to be transparent when you have a platform to do that, mm. but it's a completely different thing when it comes to transparency, when you are just living your own life. Yeah. And I, I'm interested in how like the everyday person goes about that because if I didn't have a podcast and a platform, I'm sure my closest friends mm. would know that I had Botox because I would probably tell most of them. But isn't yeah. it interesting how someone might look at me on the street and go, oh, I wonder how old that girl is. Oh, she's almost 30. Gee, she looks good for her age. Mm. And it's kind of like, you know, we we don't have we don't carry around like a piece of paper that says like <laughs> I have Botox. Yeah, I have Botox, <laughs> and I use a seven step skincare routine, and that's mm-hmm. how I look like this. You know, so yeah, it's just interesting to unpack like where your responsibility starts and ends when it comes to that as well. I think what you just said sums it up. Like that, you if you would tell most of your girlfriends, like let's say separate to this podcast, right? If you would tell most of your girlfriends, I think that's a perfect place to start. My friends who have had work done, even like ones who I'm very close with, it's kind of taboo. They kind of don't talk about it. Oh God, it's very layered, but it's like partly, you know, women internalizing the shame, which is kind of fucked up in itself that the patriarchy says, hey, can you look like this, but can you make sure you do it naturally? Yeah. That's crook. And Mm. I get what you mean. We can't walk around and be like, hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm really hot. But just so you know, um, it's because this, this and this, (laughs) right? But it's like if we in our interactions have these discussions, like even when I used to put makeup on when I was at babysitting before I'd be going out and like, Mm. you know, the oldest daughter, maybe 11 or 12 would be like sitting chatting to me. I would always make a point about being like, this is going to take me like 20 minutes. I'm doing this because yeah, unfortunately I, f- I do feel better in myself if I go out with all of this on my face. Like mm. at least have the chat, you know. Yeah, It's like the it all comes back to mindfulness about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I appreciate that sentiment because nothing frustrates me more than people who don't believe in, I don't know, this is a difficult one, but I find it frustrating when people like don't believe in beauty or self-care mm. because they believe that all parts of it stem from the patriarchy. And it's sort of like, you know, I got Botox because of the fact that, you know, I don't want to look like I'm going to have a frown line in a few years' time mm. because I'm a massive over-frowner thinker. Mm. But, you know, some people are just like, oh, well, the only reason that you want that, though, is because of the patriarchy, because you're told that you shouldn't have to have frown lines because you're told that that's not society's idea of beauty. Mm. And it's sort of like... Also, it's just my personal preference and that's what I want to do. <laughs> oh, and also I, I love rebutting other people on behalf of people I know because I always have not the final word. But, like, <laughs> if someone says that, then you say, yeah, well, I was fucking raised in the patriarchy, so no shit. And if I'm going to be the most powerful version of myself, if that's something that I choose to do and I'm consciously aware of the gravity of this decision – Gravity, pun not intended in the Botex context, <laughs> but like I'm aware of um of the power of this decision. Yeah. And yes, I'm gonna do it because I can't separate myself from the world I grew up in, even if I now know that there are wider implications and you know, more reasons than I initially realized as to why I wanna do what I wanna do in relation mm. to how I look. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's a good rebuttal. I like that. I'll use that. <laughs> and I remember someone once said to me, like, I always used to wear one thing I've actually worn from, I reckon, like year 10, even though I didn't catch up to mascara until like I was in my 20s, is I've always loved tinted moisturizer. I've always loved the like smoothing it out thing. Hmm. And I used to work in this shop with someone who is like so much more woke than me. Like now hmm. I'm probably closer to where she's at. But at the time I was like in no way having these trains of thoughts and she was saying, oh, do you always wear makeup? I said, oh, yeah, like just into moisturizer. She's like, yeah, but you always wear that when you leave the house. I'm like, yeah. She's like, why do you do that? Who's that for? I'm like, it's for me. She's like, mm. no, but it's not for you. I'm like, but it is for me. And now I'm kind of somewhere in between her view, which is very much like what you were saying, Alex, like the patriarchy mm. and my older view where it's like it is for me and I can't mm. separate that from the world I've grown up in and at the same yeah. time how can I positively contribute to the world that the next generation grow up in, in the decisions that I make around, yeah. well, yeah, everything in relation to like body appearance, et cetera. 
Wowza. All right, on that note, let's go full 360. Tell us what your beauty fave is this week. Okay, so it's sitting here. I'm going to read it to you. You don't need to. It's the Bare Minerals Complexion Rescue Tinted Something Something How did you remember that? (laughs) Because I worked at Mecca for eight years. Okay, (laughs) yes. Bare Minerals Complexion Rescue Tinted Hydrating Gel Cream in Tan 07. And this shit is golden. Um. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's just like my favorite product. And I've already mentioned the Sadashi mask and the Bum Bum cream because they were all the things that came to mind when I read yeah. this. But but the Complexion Rescue is, mamma mia, it's very good. Have you used that forever since it like first came out or is this a new addition to your routine? Mm, I reckon or I've used routine. it for like three years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it is a good so, one. We both love it as well. Yeah. It's it's just so, it's amazing. And um. I keep the same color all year round because I have so many freckles that even when I'm not tanned, the, the like my freckles like join up with the bare minerals, so it looks kind of fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always my hopes and dreams and goals with my freckles, but I never quite got there. <laughs> never achieved that. <laughs> no. What is your non-beauty fave this week? So something lifestyle related that you are reading, watching, wearing, listening to. Maybe my meditation. Okay, yeah. this is new. It's only three days old. Get back to me in a few days. But um, so basically I work with a therapist and a coach and both of them when I started seeing them, I would see them like fortnightly to break the back of it. And then now I maybe see my coach every three months, my therapist every like four or six months. Both of them are always like, you need to meditate. Like mm-hmm. it's like all roads lead back to meditation, not like for the sake of like sitting with your fucking legs crossed on the top of a hill in the Dane tree, but just because like I have like a busy head and I'm also really impulsive, which I'm finding challenging at the moment. Like even when people message me on Instagram about something, I could address it later, but I see it and I'm like, oh my God, I have to say something about this right now. Yeah. So, and that's hard obviously when I'm trying to like do a full-time job where I need to sit and slog away at like six hours of a task that, yeah, it's great for my learning, but it isn't super enthralling. Like baby lawyer work isn't fun. (laughs) So um, like, you know, attention span has been something that's been on my mind recently and just generally like untangling the busyness of my mind. So what I'm doing is I'm meditating for 20 minutes, morning and night. Wow. That's a big commitment. That's a big leap from the start. But I think about how many I've, – I've, I've done a lot of false starts. So, like, yes, it's the start, but there's been a lot of false starts over the years. And I've got a few little visualisations that I've kind of picked up along the way and it's so imperfect and I think that's why I've never been able to stick with it that I've always thought mm-hmm. I wasn't good at meditation. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you filmed it, it would literally be like me, like, fidgeting for – like 17 minutes and then the last three minutes I'm like oh I really like who I am and how this makes me feel (laughs) um and um so what I'm doing and the monks will be turning in their grave here who taught us meditation but if I get to one November and I've done it every morning and night for 20 minutes I'm buying myself something from Scanlon (laughs) yes which is so at odds I know that's so at odds with meditation but like I'm about duality, right? So yes, yeah. that would be my um my current non-beauty fave. Or the Formula One show I was talking about before with Nigel. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's I've gone from being someone who like rolled my eyes at Formula One to someone who is so enthralled by it and obsessed with all the Formula One drivers in the space of a week because of I the episodes. It. Yeah. Are you using an app or how are you doing your meditation? No, nah, I'm being fucking hardcore. I'm not using an app. I'm literally uh-huh. So there's like a few visualizations. One of them is because I'm very extroverted. I get really excited when I'm with people or see people or like on a call, like even something like this, although I felt quite grounded today, maybe because I meditated. But um, I can, it's like the best way I can describe it is sometimes I feel like I'm out of my body. Like I'm not being like mindful and grounded in all my interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, one of these like activities or whatever that, my Chinese medicine person actually gave me but she was like you close your eyes and you imagine your eyes are inside your head and your ears are inside your head sometimes it takes me like eight minutes to even get that bit and then Mm -hmm. from the crown of your head which is where you would have a high pony you imagine your aura extending up do you know your aura is like your energy I'm being woo-woo now and I but either way yeah yeah, you you imagine your aura extending up and then like around you 
Anyway, oh. so just Google aura meditation if you're actually interested in that, but that is a bit crazy. Um, but I don't think it's fair to sort of say that it's like crazy or woo-woo because I have done an almost identical thing with a clinical psychologist with gut-directed hypnotherapy and mm. the only thing that made me do it was because I just desperately wanted to shit again like a normal person. <laughs> oh, my God, And then yes. I could dedicate 10 minutes every day before I went to bed and I listened to it. But it was basically the same thing. It was like a yellow orb that, like, started in my eyes but then there was yeah. obviously it spent a lot of time in my gut. But it was <laughs> literally the exact same thing. And it's like whether you're getting it from a Chinese medicine doctor or you're getting it from a certified psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? It's all proven to do the same shit. It's evidence-based. Just don't diss it, you know? Yeah. And the final – oops, actually, it's the second last question because I'm throwing in a rogue one at the end. Mm-hmm. What is your favourite snack this week? Or you're also allowed to give us a death row meal if you don't have, like, a go-to snack at the moment. Okay. So I'll be really disappointed if you don't give us a snack of the week. Me I'm too. I actually need a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. Like this is hard for me because I can't answer because there's just so many things that are always exciting me about food. Death room meal, mm. let's park that. I don't know if I can even do that. I actually <laughs> find that question slightly offensive because I'm like mum and I are always like, no, bitch, it's a death row week. Like you can't do one <laughs> yeah. meal. There would be We always say like like she might be eating a sausage roll and she would be like, this would be on the Wednesday um, <laughs> of, the, of the last week. So snacks. <laughs> been pretty boring this week because I was sick after my vaccine so I haven't been that fun but I've been um you know I always love having cookie dough in the freezer Mm. so that if I'm just like realize I'm ravenous I can either just like go and just actually eat the cookie dough ball like it was a bliss ball but it's not a bliss ball because it's Mm -hmm. not 2013 anymore (laughs) so I love having like yeah the raw cookie dough on hand to eat raw or to cook. So I've been having a bit of that this week because I just rediscovered some. And, you know, you girls know that I love my butter. So Mm. I've actually just been having a lot of like toasted bread cooled Mm -hmm. with butter and like applying the butter when you apply it to see the teeth marks. Like you can't apply the butter Mm. and it's going to melt. And I either have that with like boiled eggs or um whatever. Oh, a fun one, not a boring one of cookie dough <laughs> and like butter on toast is Senido in Gertrude Street in um, North Fitzroy. So it's, I think it's Colombian. Have you been there? You're looking no, knowingly. I saw you talking about it, I think on your Instagram. And yes. I was like, okay. Mental this note. is a great one for a snack. So they have empanadas, which are the, you know, like the little like crescent shaped little guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like three for 12 bucks. There's one that's a chorizo one, one that's a pork-ish one and one that's a bean one and they have all these beautiful sauces that you get with them and then they have a repas which are these like corn based I don't know it's kind of like a taco but more hearty than a taco and they fill them so like when Mm -hmm. I went with my veggie auntie two weeks ago we just got like egg avocado and sauces when I went with my non-veggie boyfriend last weekend we got like bacon chorizo egg whatever anyway really good and I love because I'm a celiac I love food that's naturally gluten-free. Like that food is naturally made of corn. Um, So you just know it's like executed beautifully. Yeah. So, yeah, Sunido is my current favourite snack. Uh, And my final question for you because by the time this episode goes out, it's going to be getting close to Christmas and I'm already in a Christmassy mood, Mm. um, is if you could tell our listeners one thing that is like Georgie's favourite thing to add to their Christmas list, what would it be? Like if they're listening to this podcast mm. and they're like, this girl reminds me of my insert relative or friend here, what would you want them to buy you slash their relative, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you one that's probably out of the normal present budget range and then I'll think of one that's in. No, no. Oh, we no. love a luxury gift. Okay. Because eight, eight people could be buying it. Well, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Something I'm obsessed with, I love books and I – fucking love coffee table books mark my words one day I'll bring out a coffee table book great the coffee table books I'm most obsessed with and I I kind of fear they might be getting a bit basic but I don't think they're at that level yet okay. is the Asseline travel books <laughs> I know what you're talking do you know about. the ones they're really close to being basic they're so close <laughs> they're dangerously close but they won't get there because of their price point which is yes so they're I, about 200 I, I, I think. yes 
Yeah. And they come in the beautiful colours, right? And they have like a, a place name on them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, correct. And they're just like the most beautiful gift and they're sentimental like because, you know, you can buy it for someone when they know they love a place or when you want mm-hmm. to go to a place, you buy it. You're going to have they- to spell because so, yeah, I, I just think, I just googled it and it's given me results for Vaseline and that's not what I'm looking right. for. So Vaseline is a double S O U L I N E. That is not close to how I was spelling it. <laughs> we used spelling uh, it like Vaseline. Yeah, I was spelling it like Vaseline. Right. They're stunning. They're only they're only a hundred dollars on Netaporte, which is fine. In AD. Um, bed threads as well. Yes, they are. Mm. And bed threads, you can always find a like 15% off. So oh there you God. go, everyone. Top okay, tip. well, I'm the dickhead who's been maybe sometimes paying 200 bucks for them. Anyway, <laughs> so I think that is a stunning gift. And no, this is the gift that I actually buy everyone. And this mm-hmm. is a shameless plug for someone who I love. Like, yes. I only know her from giving me facials. Marcy Wellness is in Red yeah. Hill. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to work at, I think, Comma or like a kind of a Melbourne spa. Yeah. And she opened up her own thing just before COVID, awful timing. I have had my fair share of massages and facials in my life. I love outsourcing that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never felt hands like this. When she massages you, oh. she gives you a facial, but obviously like while the mask is on, she does the full like neck, upper arm situation. We love that kind of facial. Oh, yes, we do. It, I, I sometimes say to her after, I'm like, it's like you have eight hands. Like she's yes. just incredible. And even from the get-go, like, you know, you know how some facials just kind of like get into it? She will like go and give you a foot massage while you've got some fucking essential oils mm. under your nose. Yep. Like mm-hmm. so Marcy Wellness, M-A-R-C-I, she yep. is a beautiful person. Like my best friends and I, we bought each other vouchers for like to there for each other's birthday and we've got like a spa day booked and it's a, such a nice oh, thing to give to people because fun. you can go and get a facial and then like go to the epicurean for lunch or point leo estate or whatever i love it I love so it. yeah that is actually a really good gift idea for the melbourne listeners thank you yeah. so much that's a good okay. one well to finish this episode off this is your opportunity to sort of plug yourself if there's anything that you want to say about your platforms or to give people directions to how to find your podcast or your instagram account the floor is yours. Amazing. Well, read the podcast. When I know how to direct people to my podcast, I will tell them that. But currently, I don't know how that um, is going to happen. I have seven incredible or maybe eight incredible conversations recorded with all different people all around like our relationship with food, movement, our bodies and ourselves. So yeah, they're, they're kind of, yeah, all conversations that feed into how I changed my thoughts and I feel so grateful to be where I'm at now in relation Mm -hmm. to those things. So that's the podcast. I've given myself an arbitrary date of um, the 20th of October to release them. So hopefully they'll be out by the time people are listening to this. And then Instagram is conceiving it all. I before E except after C if you're spelling (laughs) conceiving. Mm -hmm. And it used to be called um, conceiving food babies because when it started, I was, well, I was probably perpetuating the things that I currently give airtime to like you know admonishing these days but you know conceiving food babies it just like occurred to me at one time I was like okay that name is like so off brand because it's about like how you look when you eat because I used to think oh it's so funny I'm so skinny that when I eat heaps of food I get a food baby (laughs) ha 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 which like yes smart and comical at the time and maybe Mm -hmm. appropriate in 2017 but just like not appropriate now with what I know feel think and believe and discuss on there. So yes, conceiving it all because it's everything. It's like literally all the things. It's like sometimes I look at my stories and I've accidentally posted so many. It's like me smothering butter on a roast chicken and like cooking dessert and then me like going on a rant about whatever some influencer said. It's a lot. It's It's conceiving it all. But I think (laughs) like I really think in the last, you know, I used to sometimes think I was just like screaming at no one not screaming, but you know, like I thought everyone was just like, oh my God, shut up, get off your high horse. Because I can get that sometimes people are like, why does it matter? But for me, like I've already said, it matters because I think the more, it, yeah, when we have a better relationship with our bodies and food movement, all those things, we're spending less energy on being brought down by that stuff, less energy feeling like we're not good enough and more energy stepping into our power. So it's like, it mm-hmm. is a hill I want to die on. And I think finally, you know, I think I'm helping change people's mindsets bit by bit 
So if you're mm-hmm. interested in that space, come on over. Absolutely. Also, even if you're not, which you should be, and you are just a celiac or gluten-free, great mm. records there. Yes. The food, the, is where the food is where it started and this is what happened. Like I know that there are people who are like there for the food but they might fucking have to take the other stuff on the way through. But I'm like, you know what? It's perfect. If I'm, perfect. If I'm planting yes. the seed and they maybe don't really engage with it for like a year, and then they're like, oh, no, she has some merit with the other non, like, It's subliminal stuff. messaging. It's the people yeah. come yes. for the food and they're being influenced by the woke um, rants. By the wokeness, yes. Yeah. So um, so that that is a good point. Yes, I'm a fucking food snob celiac and you get the benefit of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Georgie, for joining us on today's podcast. We, I am not going to sleep for the next week. I have a lot of thinking to do and I'm sure that our listeners will have really loved this chat and your perspective on beauty. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is actually so fun being on the other side and just like ranting away. I hope there's not too much editing for you guys, but no, I really appreciate you having me on when you know like my thoughts on this stuff. And yes, I don't want anyone to feel alienated by what was discussed. I think if you're just starting to think about it, that is a good place to be. Thank you so much. We will see you on the Instagram, I'm sure. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.